BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. At the end of the day, like, I wish I was Ringo. Because <laughs> I remember <laughs> reading this questionnaire that the the Beatles got filled out when they are in their 20s. Like, and, and one of them was, what do you want to be in life? Or like... I don't remember exactly what the question was. It's like, what do you want to actually be? And Ringo just wrote happy. And I think he did it. All right, friends, it's time to listen long and prosper. You knew this day was coming. Welcome to the Fanatics podcast where we... We got a special one for you guys. I'm one of your hosts, David Magadoff, and with me is my most wonderful co-host, Claire Kramer. Hi, Claire. Hi, David. It's not just a special one. It's a special 10. Yes. It's a it's a tenner. It's a double high five, a high 10, because we're doing all 10 episodes of Lower Decks. And what I mean by saying we're doing all 10 episodes is we're talking about Lower Decks the episode that you just watched last night. And then we're having a cast member from Lower Decks come on and talk about not Lower Decks. They will be talking about what they're fanatical about. So it's like it's like the magic shell on top of the ice cream cone, these next 10 episodes focusing on Lower Decks. Do you like all my food analogies, David? I'm so hungry. Guys, we are talking about Star Trek Lower Decks on Paramount+. Plus. This is the animated comedy you've been wanting from the Star Trek universe for so long and season three has is a delight. Just LOLs all over the place when you're <laughs> when you're watching Lower Decks. Yes. You know, I like I like the approach to Lower Decks because we've spent a lot of time on the upper decks. I mean, let's be honest, we've, we've been on the bridge for a while, you know, it's 56 years. So this is giving a peek behind or below the curtain, you know, seeing what really goes the rudimentary part of the ship, you know, and that to me is also the funny part of the ship. The show is extremely funny. I, I do laugh out loud many times and you know here's something interesting to think about we we have 56 years of content as i just mentioned with with the trekverse there's so many easter eggs in this show peppered in you can tell mike is like a huge trucker because everything you're watching i actually want to get my hands on the scripts because i feel like reading them i could even just yeah. like i i like i'm as we've discussed on this podcast before i'm a book before movie person so i think i would like to like try to get the scripts to read so i can really point out those easter eggs you guys need to get on we are fanatics on twitter and tell us your favorite easter egg from episode 1 david any other thoughts? 
I mean, obviously, great episode. I love the vineyard moment <laughs> from Boimler when they just discover him in the vineyard, you know, because there's always some character like Picard going back into the orchard somewhere. And I like that the they don't make wine. They make raisins. That made, <laughs> <laughs> that made <me> laugh. <laughs> it did not make me laugh because I like wine. I just like that it's called the USS Cerritos. I like all the... I like that all the ships are just named after. I can't get the Cerritos Auto Square like mm-hmm. jingle out of my head when, <laughs> when I hear that. And there has to be a Golden Gate Bridge behind every window, of course. Today, we have on Noel Wells. David, what is Noel talking about? Noelle is going to talk about the Beatles, and you know her from so many wonderful things like Saturday Night Live, Master of None, and of course, you know her as Ensign Tendi on the show. You know, it's funny, right, Claire, when you do animation, it's amazing how much of someone's personality can just jump into a character, just voice alone. And she really is one of those types of actresses, don't you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, she's just genius. She's just a great, great actress. And the show is phenomenal, as we've been saying. So I hope you guys are watching. I hope you watched last night, because now we're going to talk to Noelle about the Beatles. Engage. Noelle, is George Martin an official Beatle or no? Uh, No, or, or Billy Preston. (laughs) <laughs> that's the original guy that's the original drummer right oh uh well no they were just gonna add billy preston billy preston was a p- like a piano player did you watch let it be oh no no he's the he's the he's the piano player in in, in the get back yeah oh get back get back oh my god i got that wrong too <laughs> that's why i said you don't have to be an expert on the topic you yeah, just yeah. have to well, love it see you're just well i think those were kind of the similar sessions on a level they were all together <laughs> But are they Beatles or is it only the four of them are Beatles? Um, I would say that only the four of them are Beatles and, and um, you know, everybody else is just sort of orbiting. But a sub-Beatle. <laughs> like a sub-Beatle. They're sub-Beatle, yeah. sub-Beatle classes. I mean, I, I think like, you know, John Lennon, you know, had the authority to anoint Beatles when he felt <laughs> like it and whether or not that stands, uh, you know. It's in his. It's in his grave. <laughs> they were moons in the Beatles solar system. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, Noel, for someone who has never heard of the Beatles, listened to the Beatles, doesn't know anything, describe what they are. What? Who? And what are the oh. Beatles? Um, the Beatles are where were are is they. I think that they transcend <laughs> space and time. But they originally were four young lads that found each other in Liverpool and started making music together. They were really inspired by Elvis and rock and roll, and they had a vision of having music that went around the world. And they recorded an album and literally created a worldwide sensation with their music. And over the years, released several albums and evolved their their style and their artistry and inspired generations of musicians and music lovers to come. That was good. Yeah, that was that was a great like <laughs> overview, top view. What was your first encounter experience, auditory experience with the Beatles? When I was younger, I had I, I didn't really have a lot of experience with a lot of non-popular music. Like old music wasn't very present in my home. It was just sort of whatever was on the radio. And I remember when I was in high school, I was dating this guy and he's like, have you heard the Beatles? And I was like, no. And he was really mean to me about it, being like, oh, you've never heard the Beatles? And I was like, no, I haven't. And he eventually, quote unquote, cheated on me 
with a girl who loved the Beatles. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm never listening to the Beatles, whoever these guys are. Like, they must suck, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I, you know, I was like a teenager and still hadn't, you know, music wasn't ubiquitous and it wasn't the easiest thing to get a hold of. Um, you couldn't just go to Spotify and listen to something. You had to actually buy music. And so my first actual experience with the Beatles was I was 23 years old and I was working a job as a motion graphics editor for this e-learning company and I would spend basically 12 hours a day doing stuff in After Effects alone and I was like I should be you know maybe listening to music or trying to expand myself artistically so I started stealing music from these street like you know downloading from BitTorrent like albums like the Pixies and Sonic Youth and and Weezer and then one day I was like you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to these Beatles guys and so I downloaded all the Beatles albums and it, I got bit. Like, I, I couldn't <laughs> believe that I had robbed myself of this musical experience. It was it was like a spiritual sort of thing. And I was like a 23-year-old alone in a, on a computer having Beatlemania, but nobody was around me. <laughs> Do you know that Paul, Paul at 23 wrote yesterday? Yeah, I mean, listen, we all come to art and, at different times. <laughs> Um, I, you know what I mean? Like, I get it. I, I hit it a little old. They hit it really young. <laughs> <laughs> the key is at 23, good things happen to both of you. That's all. Oh, that I guess that's true. I mean, that is true. I, I, you know, hearing that stuff for the first time was so re- revelatory that it's almost as good as writing it. <laughs> writing what, yesterday. What do you think yes. about, like, what, what drew you in? Is it that dynamics of everything they've produced over the years? Is it the journey? Is it one particular album or song? Like, talk about, I, like, what really, like, you're sitting there at your computer. What is going through your mind? I truly was taken by the music. I think the music, it's like, I, I don't, it's hard for me to piece it together, but it was like, I think the description is is like my world was very two-dimensional and maybe a little black and white. And suddenly it was almost like doing drugs. Wow. <laughs> um, where you're just like, this exists and it moves, it moved me so viscerally. It's hard. I think you know, wh- how, why were young girls freaking out in the 60s? There's a case to be made that they thought that they were hot boys, right? Like, the, that's one version. But even for me, like, I, I, you know, I could Google them and everything, but the original thing was the actual music. It was like, it opened my mind artistically. And then, of course, after that, I became obsessed in a way that, I mean, I'm not really a fangirl of much of anything, but I will say the Beatles is like the thing I am a fan of. And so I went down internet rabbit holes. I read all the gossip from the time. I know about all their relationships. Of course, I think they're hot. <laughs> you know, there's like, <laughs> um, you know, there, there's that level. But it was just primarily the music just sort of opened up a whole new landscape. My wife always loves watching old Beatles uh, and seeing the audiences of teenage girls just have fits have absolute fits because she goes i just don't get it and i'm so enamored and charmed by it because we don't really see that today i mean bts kind of has a little bit of that i even think harry styles i've I've watched a little bit of the harry styles apple music stuff forgive me and seeing the girls scream for him that way it's like there's just a little bit of that that still trickles down but 
it I, is a really wild phenomenon. Do you think you would have been one of those girls back in the day? I think probably, you know, much in the same Fainting. way. I, I think much in the same way. I, I think I have a, I'm quite cynical. So I might have resisted it as it was happening. Like just to be contrarian on a level. I, I'm And I, I'm not sure. I think it hit me in like the perfect the perfect time I was alone <laughs> and I could let myself be overtaken by it. <laughs> Whereas like if it was happening with a good group of people, I'd be like, this is a cult, <laughs> which is my fear. Like I'm like, I don't want to lose my mind um, in the presence of other people. <laughs> you like keeping it personal. You like keeping it a private. Yes. I think I, I'm just scared of, of giving myself over to a force. <laughs> and so, you know, even like with the Harry Styles stuff, I've actually met Harry Styles and he is he is so insanely charming it's hard not to like if you're if you, you're vulnerable <laughs> like if you're not ah! keep, if you're not keeping up a wall like that guy can work his his devil's charm on you <laughs> did you feel flush did you feel oh, yeah. like, well, he, re- like red he um it was when i was on snl he I, I I guess he was a musical guest or maybe he was making cameo. I don't remember the specifics of why he was there, but he like looked at me and was like, hello, Noel. Like he knew my name, which is always like, oh. what the hell? And he winked at me. And oh. I was like, I like was like, what just happened? This, <laughs> this little boy just charmed the pants off of me. But then also I like my wall went up immediately being like, you don't get to do that to me. But also you can do it. You can. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but I don't think the Beatles were that. I don't know if they worked the room that hard. I'm not sure. They, from you know, watching, watching the you know those videos and everything, they were extremely charming. But they they seemed to hold a little bit of a, you know, wall up, right? A little bit. Like they were they were cool. They were rock stars. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, you. It's Jason Bateman. Have you listened to Smartless? Smartless is the podcast that I host with my friends who are more like brothers. The super talented and funny Will Arnett and Sean Hayes is... JJ, well, JJ, JJ, why are, yeah. you, why are you whispering? Well, it, there's there's a psst in the, in, the, in the copy. But people are listening, so it's like... They are listening. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. In each episode of Smartless, one of us reveals our mystery guest to the other two. What ensues is a genuinely improvised and authentic conversation. Our mystery guests span our mystery... We'll cut this out. Our mystery guests... All right, here we go. We got a lot of big famous people from different walks of life, and if you're yeah, a wondering fan, then you're going to stop. Just you come and listen Tyson. to it. Yeah. We're on Wondery right now, and you can listen uh, to us. And no matter what you're doing, you're at the gym or you're in the car, just listen yeah. to the podcast. Sean, tell them where they can find it. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Bye. Bye. So what is your process when you sit down to listen or when you do you throw it on when you're cleaning music? Does it have to be a deep dive? And also, how do you introduce, you know, friends and partners to the Beatles? Where's their where's your entry point? You know, it's so funny. So I it became, you know. I guess because I became a Beatle maniac in a time where nobody's really like, you know, there are people that are fans and usually they've been introduced when they're younger or they're old men. (laughs) 
you know, or they they like actually lived in the time where the Beatles were. And so I would find, I guess the way that I would introduce people to the Beatles is I love the album Revolver. And I, I remember like I was sort of dating this guy and then I just, I bought it for him on iTunes and I sent it to him hoping that he would connect with it and and then obviously it didn't work out and so I just kind of just try to show people the thing that I love the most like I'm uh yeah I think it's just sort of what was your question your question was like where do I go I think there's so much history with the Beatles that the entry point I can try to like sort of introduce it at the point that I think that person's at like I'm like, is do this, you need is do this, you need close people in your life to love the Beatles like you or no? Is it because I just haven't okay. had that experience really. I feel like um, I, I think with the Get Back uh, documentary coming out, more and more people started opening up to me about the Beatles because they're like, oh yeah, we know Noelle likes the Beatles, but we didn't, you know. Now we have mm-hmm. an entry point for it, but like I, and I, I'm by no means an expert, but like. Like, I know a lot, like, and I'm, and there's a lot of different angles. It's like, do we want to talk about Paul McCartney wings? Do we want to talk about George Harrison's solo career? Are we following Ringo Starr on Instagram? Like, do you see, do you, do you know that Paul McCartney doesn't follow Ringo Starr on Instagram? Because I do, (laughs) like, you know, that kind of stuff. (laughs) I love their children. I follow their children on Instagram. I'm like invested in their music. I love Yoko. Like, can, you know, I think it's a good, it's a good test. With I mean, when you're dating to ask a guy what they feel about Yoko Ono because if they're really ugly about her that guy that is a good test somebody doesn't like Yoko they're not my people <laughs> well Yoko came off so great I think in Get Back because I think Yoko has gotten such a bad rap for just stereotypically generally hearing that story over and over again which has just sort of become myth right that she broke up the Beatles but then you watch Get Back which is the clearest story of Yoko anyone's seen in the last decades and you're just like oh she just sort of sat around and was perfectly pleasant and just kind of did Sudoku (laughs) or crossword and just didn't really get in anyone's way Linda was talking to her like she was not the reason and I think that was really nice to see it's so nice to see and then you also recognize like wow sexism and racism was such a part of that narrative And, you know, people felt such ownership over John Lennon and what they expected him to do, whereas where, you know, he for his entire time with her was just like, this is the woman that I love. And you guys are speaking so ill of her. He was quite a man, if you think about it, like what, you know, men very not rarely, but it's such a he's actually kind of a hero in that sense, like him being like, you're this is like sexism and sexism is a real thing. And he just, yeah, he, yeah. So I guess that's why I mean, like, when I'm dating men or I I get in and people, if men are like, ew, I hate her. And I'm just like, oh, wow, where's that coming from? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. And the yeah. guess what? Their answer is going to be, I don't know. Thanks for letting me know I should go to therapy. Yeah, uh, or or at least, people. like, you know, maybe don't just take what you've heard from, his, you know, the history books. One of the other things I thought was really interesting about the the Get Back Sessions was all of the rumors that I had originally read when I got into Beatlemania, they were actually 
in the documentary, they're reading the newspapers that the 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 reading like headlines that are getting written, being written about them while they're doing the sessions. And I remember going to message boards and reading those exact same rumors <laughs> about those sessions. And so it was just it was very funny to see. Oh yeah, like. I don't know if I believed them, but it was interesting to see like how peaceful everything was really going. Even their fights were just so low key and the way that it was blown up into these like brawls. Um, very fascinating. That's the British though. The British fight likes very low key. <laughs> you know, everything I, is yeah, very maybe it's a lot more muted over there. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's true. I guess it's true. And, and then I'm like, well, how is that being interpreted as a brawl? And they seem to come to very fair conclusions at the end of their arguments and mm-hmm. so <laughs> i found i was like very i was like wow that the way they handled conflict is very admirable yes fight like a brit <laughs> so i i would listen to peter jackson being interviewed by i think mark Marin on uh, his podcast and he, peter watched all the old footage and went up to paul and said hey you know what those sessions were like, right? And he's like, yeah, they were rough. Like me and Ringo, like none of us got along. It was a really hard time. And he's like, well, I just watched hours of you guys and you had like the greatest time. And he's like, no, we didn't. He's like, yeah, I literally just watched hours of footage of just you guys hanging around and you guys had like the loveliest time and you're making music. And he went to Ringo, said the same thing to Ringo and Ringo said, no, it was a rough time. So it's amazing that their memories I would say just were totally, totally different. different well, really I would happened. say that from watching that, I could tell Paul McCartney was having a hard time. Paul McCartney comes off like, like to me, he seems like he's having a hard time. and He's holding it together. He's holding, yeah, this, <laughs> the producer left, yeah. But yeah, well, I guess then, you know, we can't really write people's experiences for them, right? Like, you know, you. I think that that's also what's so cool about the Beatles is we all project whatever we want to get out of it and see out of it. And at the end of the day, these are actually just four human beings that are having their own unique experiences. And they just happen to be they happen to rise to the level of myth. And so they represent whatever we are wanting to get out of that experience or whatever we're seeing in it, which is like a Rorschach test, I suppose. But at the end of the day, they're just people. (laughs) So let me ask you this. I like that you're dedicated to not just the four, but to the trickle down, to the lineage, to the, you know, the every, every off branch. Have you had the chance to meet anyone within the Beatlemania world? Yeah. So it's interesting. I feel like I have pretty cool connections, like Beatles stuff comes to me a lot and, uh, in in a, a very beautiful way like i i get told personal stories from people that have interacted with the beatles like i get anecdotes a lot that i I'm, I'm not really searching for but as far as meeting anybody uh i have actually had the opportunity to meet paul mccartney when i was at snl and i was in such a dark place and very unhappy um but i was in so painting the picture i was all i knew was is i didn't want this to be the interaction I had with a beetle, like feeling so dark. And I was in a hallway, left alone in a hallway with Paul McCartney. And he's like a nice guy. And he just sees me. I, I think I was like 25. There's just like a girl who's on Saturday Night Live. Let me go up to her and say hello. And so he he, he walked up to me and to talk to me. And I was like, I cannot talk 
to my hero right now. And I just turned and walked away. <laughs> and it's, it sucks. Like, I wish, I wish I could do it over again. <laughs> but obviously, like, it was what it was. <laughs> so, um, so I had the opportunity to like talk to Paul McCartney and I didn't do it. And hopefully I'll, I'll be able to redo it at some point. I also, I did recently get invited to be in a George Harrison music video for My Sweet Lord. That, you, oh, I was going to ask. Yeah. All there. I watched that video yeah. of like every comedian on, on in Los Angeles with, with Fred Armisen yeah, and Vanessa Bayer and yeah. Ringo was there. You yeah. got asked to be in that. I, I was in it uh, for, you know. Oh, great. I was in it, but they cut me out. I will rewatch out. it. I got cut out. No, it was funny. Oh. <laughs> but to, to me, it meant more. It felt almost like a lifeline from the universe being like, you're still in the orbit of the beat. You know, like anything <laughs> to do with the Beatles dropping into my life feels like a present. <laughs> so I just being asked to be a part of it felt a felt very meaningful for me but uh, i'm not actually in it <laughs> did you meet ringo though that's all i didn't I meet about. i did not meet ringo and i really hope ah. i get to meet ringo because he's let me ask you guys a question if you were a beetle which beetle would you be or like who are you what's your archetype <laughs> claire? claire oh i don't know i don't know david you definitely go first on this okay i that's a great question and i love it and then, of course, this is going back to you, Noel. <laughs> I would say oh, that's a that's a deep question because it's it's who you are as a person. How do you want to be seen? This and that, blah blah blah. So there's like, I think each day I could probably wake up and be like, today feels like I want to be a Ringo day, and some days I want to be a George <laughs> Harris. Yeah, I want to be Ringo on the days where I just wanted to be the good times guy and just keep everybody happy, and that's be my Ringo days and peace and love and all as well because he really was just such a even keel seemingly dude. George, I'd wake up on days if I wanted to create the best music, it'd be George Harrison days because George was, I think, creatively, arguably, I think the most artistically introspective Beatle and had some of the more interesting things to say. Uh, Paul just was just as such a cutie pants and made such great, great, great songs and was the melody maker of all. Uh, ironically, I don't want to be John. John, I, you know what? I, I I go in between the three of them, but John is someone who I'm thinking, and I'm like, he just had a lot of anxiety watching Get Back, especially just like knowing his deal. I just felt like he had a lot of weight on his shoulders in a way that I don't think is appealing. And I know I'd be missing out on writing some of the greatest songs of all time, but uh, I I'm okay with. I think my answer is I know who I wouldn't want to be. I wouldn't want to yeah. be John. Yeah. How about that? Great. Claire. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm going to have to like, I'm going to have to reflect on that for a minute, but I, yeah. I want to call back to a second, Noel, to you, 25 year old, you depressed you in the hallway with Paul. Paul. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, for me, when I'm laying in bed at night at like three in the morning, my brain's like, hello, I'd like to talk about these unresolved moments in your life and replay what you should have done. And you know, what you should have said, blah, blah, blah. So I'm sure you've had this thought many times. Now, if you had that moment again, what would you what would you say? Like, what would you say to to Paul? Well, Interestingly enough, one of the things that I think the Beatles have done for me is they've opened me up artistically, and I feel like I found so much of my own voice because of their music. And I also 
started making music and I think it's I it's my it's a huge passion for me and so hopefully there's a there's a time I get to like it would be my dream to play music with Paul McCartney like I would I would I don't want to be a fangirl I want to be like you did this for me like you because you were an artist I flowered as an artist and you laid the you know you laid the groundwork for me to discover my voice and they can he's still continually inspired like you know Paul McCartney <laughs> he's inspiring he's like the ambassador of earth I, I went to I saw him play at the Hollywood Bowl I think two years ago and it's interesting some of the guys I was with they were like wow you know they were kind of being mean about him he's a fucking he's like I don't know 70 something I don't know how old he is he's he's in his 70s he's almost 80 he's 80 and he's putting on these huge shows yeah and I I see that and I what an admirable human and what a what a showman. So I think if anything, it's that like, thank you for conti- for still doing this, for still being a person who's open to to performing for people and making their lives better. So I love that. He invited Dave Grohl out in uh, Glastonbury this year. Yeah, they he's, played a, ba- he's cool. Band I mean, on the run together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Noel, who would you be? Which Beatle would you be? <laughs> I am okay. It's really easy. I am <laughs> John. I'm well. It's just true. I'm I'm John Lennon. Uh, for better. That's great. So then, between the two of us, we're with the Beatles. Right? Yeah, but it's not a good. You know, the John Lennon part of my personality is not is a very restless, very angsty. It's troubled on a lot of levels. Uh, but it gets shit. Done. You know, he's like our band leader, right? So I'm John Lennon. Even though I don't like it, he's so egomaniacal, and sometimes like, <laughs> like you know, I can be very similar, especially with my work. I, you know, I'm whatever. I wish I was George, and there are times I think within the last few years I- I've dropped into George a little bit, where it's a little bit more spiritual, a little bit more peaceful, a little bit more like let me sit in my garden and be equanimous about reality, <laughs> and I. Um, I, I fear sometimes that I'm like Paul McCartney in in the sense that he's like kind of, as the kids say, a little cringy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a that, little bright, a little shiny, a little squeaky. And I think that that was the conflict that John had sometimes with him. So I think the cool kid in me doesn't want to be like Paul, but the businesswoman in me is like, what's so wrong with that? And then I he wrote Blackbird and and. He wrote a lot of good music. You know, it's so funny, like, even their fights, like, internally, like, you know, the John versus Paul, you know, the the barbs that John would send at Paul about his music. I don't know. I think he's a, a tremendous songwriter. And Wings is a great band. Um, and a lot of, I love so much of the the songs from that. But, um, and then I, and then I wish at the end of the day, like, I wish I was Ringo. Because <laughs> I remember <laughs> reading this questionnaire that the the Beatles filled out when they're in their 20s like and and one of them was what do you want to be in life or like I don't remember exactly what the question was or it's like what do you want to actually be and Ringo just wrote happy and I think he did it like he is happy (laughs) and who wouldn't want ultimately at the end of the day just to be that but it's funny I told um I so I recorded I have an album and I worked with a bunch of musicians and there was somebody that I worked with and I told them that they reminded me of Ringo and they were very insulted by that. And I was like, how could you be insulted? Like, he's the coolest. And I and I meant it more in that she was so fun-loving. And 
you know, along for the ride, going with the flow. But I think it can be sort of like an insult if you like, you know, take your music. No, super that's seriously. her issue. That's her issue, it's Noel. You how, did good. Ring yeah, yeah, that's yeah. her issue. She doesn't know yeah. that's her not knowing. Okay? How cool you Ringo did. is. A peace and love. You Have you seen his Instagram presence? Like, I encourage everybody to go follow Ringo Starr on Instagram. It's just hashtag peace and love. Every single one of his posts, going back to the very beginning of his Insta- his social media presence, like, never has changed. It's incredible. He's a chill, chill, kind dude. Yeah. And, yeah. and he's on top I'm a of huge the Oasis. I'm a huge Oasis fan, and I still remember the day his son, Zach Starkey, <laughs> was for like a few years touring and did an album with Oasis and I was like it's all coming together. Wow, that's so cool. Oh my god, I, I love it. And I love like I like I follow like I said I follow the children. Oh, not only not only my fandom like include not only their family, but I really got into Harry Nielsen a couple years ago not even knowing the connection to John Lennon and I became equally obsessed with Harry Nielsen and then I put it together that he was his best friend at a you know a certain point in time. And then there, the Harry like when the Harry Nielsen account follows me on Instagram, I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening! And you know, sending messages with their family and like doing, like I did a tribute show for Harry Nielsen once, and just being in those orbits. But not only does it extend to like you know how I connect with people, I also have connected with uh, like rock photographers that um, photograph the Beatles and they follow me back on Instagram. And so those little things like feel cumulatively like I'm in this universe, but I also follow the John Lennon hashtag and it's pretty fascinating. And there's this, there's a John Lennon impersonator in I think the Netherlands, I might be getting that wrong, but it's, it's so great. It's so weird that I watch, I watch it with this, like, like, I'm not a fan of it. But I kind of am like, so my, the obsession goes to even like those dark recesses of like how I love that. this man, this man is a, an over, and I've been following him for about five years and his impression has just gotten better and better and better. And now he has a huge following and it's, it's fascinating. It's kind of like being an Elvis impersonator and how somebody would just completely change the way that they look and like get plastic surgery to like look more and more like this person. It, um, mm-hmm. Uh, just archaeologically, I'm. <laughs> it's I it's a new away. level of it's a new level of dedication. What is the origin story of the name of the band? How did they come up with the Beatles? Oh my god, I just found this out recently, and I it, I didn't like that I found out. It's the I don't know the actual order origin, but it's beat like B E A T. So it's the Beatles, like beat. Uh, and it's a pun. It's a, yeah. it's a pun, and you don't think of them as a, a punny sort of group because you just think of them as the guys that dropped acid and were hanging out with the Maharaji, right? But they like started out sort of like geeky, like we're gonna make music. <laughs> Wouldn't it be well, fun? They were like fifteen. 16. They were kids. They were yeah. freaking kids. It's just so funny, and I I'm like I'm like oh my god, I can't unsee this. <laughs> Do you have a favorite era? You mentioned the LSD, you know, acid era. Do you have a favorite like pre, during, post? What What is, if you had to single in, which you don't, by the way, you could say everything. I love everything. It is technically everything, but the most inspiring for me is the get back sessions, specifically them playing on the rooftop. That since I've been 23, you know, YouTube had just come out when I got into the Beatles. And so finding that footage specifically 
became a guiding force of how I wanted to be as an artist where I'm like, yeah, get on a fucking roof and break mm-hmm. all the laws and sing your music out, you know, sing your heart out and get shut down by annoying, you know, annoying Brits who want things to be quiet. <laughs> and so that to me, and the fact that the album is live, uh, uh, I love all of that. I hate, I don't really like things that are just over, well, you know, overly produced stuff can have its place, obviously, but the, the like visceral living in the moment that was captured is the thing. It's funny most. you mentioned, you mentioned that moment because, you know, most, most bands or icons have like one or two like defining moments or images. They have so many, there's so many, you know, so many images that are such strong images pop into your mind when someone says like the Beatles, that's just one of them. So I always like to get into that feeling of, and you're, you're touching on a lot of it, Noel. Okay. I am. Okay. I'm circling it. (laughs) We're circling it. We're circling, we're circling the waters. Why, if you had to kind of step outside yourself and be like a little mini therapist on your shoulder and would look at you, Noel, what would make you think there's this deep connection? Was there something maybe in your childhood or your parents or your family? Oh. Something that is because we all, a lot of people like the Beatles. You love the Beatles. Do you know maybe why? I do. I'll give you a couple of answers on the face of the psychological question and I think specifically why I'm connected to John Lennon you know there's the orphan thing you know he's not technically an orphan but he's he is technically kind of an orphan he comes from a broken family he was estranged from you know his father wasn't in his life his mother was estranged he lost his mother when he was quite young he was raised by his aunt there's this like broken family and then you know through music became like you know, he sprouted. He's this, he's his own universe. And I seriously relate to that psychologically. <laughs> I feel that that that's a very strong connection. But to get into a more woo-woo territory, I, they're my heroes, right? They're artistic heroes. You, I think all artists, there's a, there, there are guiding forces that call you into your own. And I believe that they're that for me. Specifically, John uh, what is that for me. He's he's this artistic fighter. He was railing against the machine. He saw through all the bullshit. And so I relate to that. Like, there's somebody like me. You know, I look at that. That's a hero. That's how I see the world. And there's this book that I read a couple years ago that seemed to make it make a little bit more sense in that um, it's called The Art Spirit. And it made the case that artists are connected through to each other through time um, and that artists are they're tuned into a wavelength and the art is a representation of an ephemeral reality that they're translating into concrete reality and that there is a stream of it and artists are picking up where the other artists are leaving off. And, you know, maybe I haven't quite gotten there personally where I would like to be, but as we've established, I, I was just discovering the Beatles at 23, not writing yesterday. <laughs> but to me, there's like a passing of the baton where I'm like, I feel this. I know what they're saying. I'm in this stream. And so the Beatles are, they're like, they're, they're like the apostle. They're like the artistic apostles for me. And so I don't know if that's exactly psychological. If, if, 
you know, so, like you said, people say they love the Beatles, but sometimes deep in my head, I'm like, but do you know that, like, do you get it? <laughs> like, are you there, man? <laughs> do you really like, love them? Yeah. Or, or are you there? Like, do you know what they were saying? Like, are you tapped into that stream? Like, are you there? <laughs> and I only, I, I only know a couple people when I meet them where I'm like, oh yeah, you are there, man. You're there. You get it. And one of them's like my, one of my music partners. Like we, we, we like, we feel like we get it, but I know a lot of people feel that way. So. <laughs> yeah. I think that's so, that's so great. And Is I think that that's too much? I don't want it to no. come off as like full of shit, no. but also like John Lennon was no. like that, right? He was like, man, I get it. Like, I get it. I'm here. I'm trying to talk yeah. to you. No one's listening. You're just all fighting me and arguing. And I'm trying to tell you something for you to be able to live your life like a little bit clearer. <laughs> but it's like, no. once you start, gra- once you start, it's, it's like anything else, any other concept like that. Once you start opening your mind to the, to the un, um, I don't know what I, what word I'm looking for, but once you start opening your mind to the possibilities of the universe, then the more your mind is opened and that's, you know, a direct relation to what you're saying. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Also art comes from, what am I saying? I don't know what I'm saying. It's just artists are channels. And I think with the way that commerce is sometimes artists are about something else, but really they're messengers and that's a sort of a spiritual thing that's like a different and that's the part that you're saying opening your mind but it becomes kind of religious mm-hmm. and spirit and you know it's the re- it feels religious even though you know somebody like John mm-hmm. Lennon was so against religion and yet he somehow is messianic <laughs> he's mm-hmm. a shaman yeah. yeah he's a shaman whether he wants to be or not mm-hmm. well I think I don't I mean I think you'll agree with me on this Noel because I you know I'm more of a Paul to your John. And I think the idea of the Beatles to me is that so many people can like the Beatles for so many different reasons. And you can be, if you listen to enough songs and, and specific songs in certain ways, some of the, I mean, the messages are very, very deep and very, very sincere and very, very cut to your, to the heart of your heart and, and speak to people like you're saying, like, it's like, there's like a wavelength above you, a la Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory when Mike <laughs> TV is getting transferred from the machine to the microwave, right? And it's like, it's just there, man. Put your hand up. You'll feel it. Yeah, and but, then, yeah. <laughs> and then there's, you know, I want to hold your hand, yeah, yeah. but they're both the same beetle and it's the same, they're able, they were able to transfer all of that in the most beautiful melodies and the most interesting sort of ways. And sometimes things were a little hippy dippy with like, within you, without you and Blue Jay way. And then there's some cool shit that's like, again, like got to get you into my life. And, and I think they, and the fact that they're all under that umbrella because these four men came together with four different ideas, but they all were right on that weird energy shift and i think they were able to make music that if it was just any of them alone they wouldn't have reached that many people and the fact that like so many people got tapped into it i think is a testament for group and minds and 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 group think and you know the specialness of bands that's why bands are special yeah it it is they have they they like they become this flashpoint you know what's so is so interesting as much as I, you know, I'm saying like John Lennon's like a messiah. He would, he, like people would come to him like that. There's, 
I, I don't know if it's the Imagine documentary, but basically somebody came to his, is it Titten House? I don't know what it's called, but his castle that he lived with with Yoko. And this guy was like, your music said this and it means this to me. And John was like, yo, man, I'm just a guy. Like, it doesn't mean <laughs> anything. I'm singing about myself. It's, it truly isn't bigger than that. And, and... So there's, a, I'm sure there's a part of him where he, <laughs> do you know? And it is, and it isn't, right? It I know, totally right? Is, he's he's like playing, to- he plays both sides. Like I, well, I know, it is and it isn't. Every, I mean, I'm I'm a huge Oasis fan. Noel Gallagher's like, I just write songs, and some people are like, this is my everything. It's this any artist, a painter, an actor, a singer. It's however you get to do it, and so sometimes your interpretation gets you know, spoken to by the audience exactly as is. A lot of the times, you're doing one thing, but someone else sees it a different way. And that, that to me is the beauty of art. And so the thing is, John really is being honest in those moments, I think. But at the same time, when you walk away from a song and go, oh my gosh, Strawberry Fields is like my everything. Thank you so much. Like, this is what I've, this is heaven on earth. And it's like, okay, well, I was just, you know, in a field one day writing a song. You're both right. That's then that, that yeah. to me is the beauty. Mm-hmm. Like you're, there is this vibe and it's, uh, it is absolutely charming AF that you are just so into it. It's, it's I, is it so good? Happy. Good. I don't want to come off as full of shit. <laughs> no, oh, are you kidding me? Oh, good, good. You good. kidding me? All right, I got a rapid fire for you. Okay, you ready? This yeah. and this is longer than we normally do because we're so fucking into it. Here we go. Okay, great. Uh, rapid fire: John versus Paul. John. Just, okay, done. Sergeant Pepper's versus Abbey Road. Uh, Abbey Road. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, uh, I, Sergeant pa- Pepper. I mean, I like it, but we can go yeah. into that another day. Okay. <laughs> you and me, girl. You and me, girl. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, Maxwell Silver Hammer <sighs> all day for me. What a gr- Do you not like it or you're sh- shivering bad? I, w- I would be Abbey Road minus my least favorite song of all time. <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's we kind really of... Are. That's interesting, though, yeah. We're really John and Paul. Yeah, uh, we are, I do yeah. love... But but the whole twelve minute like golden slumbers medley at the end that thing is maybe the greatest thing that's ever existed. Yeah, that's where I'm on. You're yeah, I'm on team that okay. um, for yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I, yes, okay. <laughs> Great. Uh, yeah, that I think is the greatest thing. Golden slumbers feel us. It's great. Yeah, thanks, Full Spectre. Yeah, we need it. We need. <laughs> have you have you heard of the George Martin album that uh, he has? Like, uh, I'm sure you have. Um, Jim Carrey doing I Am the Walrus and Robin Williams doing Come Together and Goldie Hawn doing Hard Day's Night. No, but I guess oh, this is what well, I have to get into. <laughs> Noel, yeah. get ready for okay. a heck of a DM for me after this. Oh, great. This. I can't wait. I'm so get excited. Get ready. <laughs> I'm, I, right. I, I, I like genuinely am like so excited. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to love and hate it deeply. Okay. Um, okay. Great. The Paul McCartney is dead backtrack. Quick rapid fire on that. I love it. What do you mean? Like, I find it funny. Great. Yeah. Funny. I don't know. Great. Yeah. Uh, favorite Beatles gossip. George Harrison giving Eric Clapton his his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, hey Jude versus Blackbird. Hey Jude. Who is the walrus? Uh, I am. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Uh, who is the Eggman? Uh, the walrus. <laughs> favorite Beatles song if I could dare ask such a thing uh, my favorite if I have to pick is Love by John Lennon but that's not a Beatles song you mean like Beatles Beatles yeah I mean the oh. four of them recorded um, on a Beatles album it's probably um, hold on um, A Day in the Life it's a great song yeah uh, who is bigger Jesus or the Beatles the Beatles style wise mod Beatles versus post LSD Beatles mod Beatles 
yeah style wise yeah so, uh, who so had the hot. best solo album george harrison all things must pass yeah it's a great album uh does ringo get a, and then i we kind of answered this but does ringo get a bad rap totally yeah totally totally right. but but also he's get i think he appropriately gets a good rap did you ever read the quincy jones article that came out it was like in two it was a couple years ago where he talks all this shit about the beatles so Quincy Jones just has this crazy interview where he's saying all these wild things and he was talking a lot of shit. And uh, he talk, he kind of talks about how bad the how bad the Beatles were and how horrible he was like Ringo Starr is like the worst drummer ever. But then he goes, he was a great man though. Cool man. Like <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> you guys should definitely go look up that article or that interview. It's it's crazy and I lo- I read it every once in a while just cuz it may, it's so entertaining. <laughs> I am definitely going to read that. Noel, if someone listening to this, there are people out there, there are people listening to this right now who have not really ever done anything properly of a Beatles deep dive. They never actually heard of an album. There are people who've just heard Hey Jude or Yesterday, but never really checked out an album. Would you say Revolver is your gateway drug or would you just have them go somewhere else? I would I would suggest if you want... Yeah, actually, this is going to be so blasphemous, but I think just go to Spotify and go to like, this is the Beatles playlist (laughs) and just start there so you can get like a sampling of it. Because I think, you know, depending on people's attention span, I'm not sure at what level they're going to really get Revolver. Not that they're not going to get it, but just if you're not in love with I want to hold your hand and, you know revolution number nine i don't know you know what i mean just just that's the great thing is you 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 there's multiple entry points so you can start with the commercial stuff and then work your way into the you know out out of out into the different spokes of different you know eras and albums and whatnot so there's so much content okay noel this has been an amazing amazing podcast i've really enjoyed listening to you and david talk about the beatles um and (laughs) i have learned a lot please bequeath us with a love letter to the beatles okay here it goes this is embarrassing dear beatles thanks for entering the world and inspiring everything that has made my life worth living You are the artistic apostles of our modern age, and may your tunes continue across the universe, opening the minds and hearts of those who stumble across your music for millennia to come. Love, Noelle. Yay. Good night. (laughs) Good night. (laughs) That was great. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. If you don't know when Crystal Pepsi was discontinued, what was in Al Capone's vault, or which famous meteorologist is Lenny Kravitz's second cousin, then you haven't spent enough time on Wikipedia. But that's okay. I am here for you. I'm Darcy Carden, and I'm inviting you to listen to my new podcast, WikiHole, from Smartless Media. 
Discover the craziest rabbit holes on Wikipedia with me and my funny friends as we bring the cyber frontier directly to your tympanic membrane. And if you listen to my podcast, you've learned that that's the sciencey term for eardrum. We embark on a hyperlink roller coaster as we start out on a Wikipedia page and go from link to link to link to link, careening through trivia, oddities, and unexpected connections until we collectively shout, How the hell did we get here? Follow Wikihole on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Wikihole ad free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. David, that was such a fun episode for me because I have what I would consider like street knowledge of the Beatles. Like I can survive with my knowledge. I can carry on a conversation, but you have what I would consider like Oxford knowledge of the Beatles. So it was really fun, like hearing you like deep dive into all the different albums and eras and facets. Tell me more. Tell me something I don't know that you didn't discuss in the podcast about the Beatles and your love for the Beatles. I thought Linda was British, uh, Paul's wife. She was an American chick who was a photographer. And I was like, oh. oh. I, so seeing her in the Get Back documentary and seeing her just be like, hi, how are you? And you're like, oh, my gosh. I thought you were British. I don't know why. So that's one thing, maybe. Did you know okay. that? Okay, okay. Here's, here's another question. So Noelle said, you know, her entry point was listening to the songs you know, the streaming, downloading, and like streaming just individual songs. Yeah. Would you recommend that as an entry point? Or from your perspective, would you say, this is the album, start with this album, and then you can go from there? I uh, would absolutely say start with an album because they made albums. I disagree with the Spotify playlist because I grew up with that. I think we all grew up with that. AKA just Beatles on the radio. So there was never like, here's an album, but there's a time and place for when an album is worthwhile an album. And there's a time and place where you don't need an album. Beatles made, in my opinion, more cohesive thematic albums than they didn't. And I think it's really fun to hear a Beatles album. So Abbey Road, for instance, is just the greatest album potentially of all time. That's where someone who wants to, like for me, like now I'm like, oh, maybe I want to know a little more about the Beatles. Like maybe I want to get deeper into their music. Yeah, I'd say Abbey Road. Go with Abbey Road. That's, that's what I'd say. Here come, I mean, here comes the sun, come together. Like I was saying with Noel, that last like five songs, it's just great because they're all these like one minute songs, but it's sort of a medley. Like, you know the song Band on the Run, Claire? Yeah. You know how it starts off with do, 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 you, you. And then it eventually gets into do, 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 band on the run. Like it actually, yeah. it's almost like three. If you listen to that song, it's like three little separate songs, but they're one giant song. And that's something that I think Paul did really well. And that's something that he really explored with. Uh, and, and they did as the Beatles, especially with Abbey Road. And no one was doing that. No one was doing like these little one minute bits that turned into giant pop epic so yeah i like the beatles <laughs> yeah <laughs> well you know the other thing i will say is i like albums like i miss that i yeah. miss that whole experience of i mean the music industry obviously has changed significantly in the last 
two decades, you know, because of because of the way we consume media, you know, and it is it's just the way it is. It's neither better or worse. But I I think it's worse because I like albums. I like the experience of like putting on an album and knowing that you're going on this like emotional journey. That's why I love Peter Gabriel so much. Like I feel like he's like my Beatles. He is the number one person in my life. You know, Peter, like the Secret World album, I could just I've probably listened to it like 500 times. Like, I just love it. I know every word to every song, every, like, everything. So I respect that, and I want to enjoy that about the Beatles. So that's what that's what I'm going to be doing this weekend. I'm going to be, like... And, and the fun thing, David, is I've gotten my daughter into vinyl. So she has a player, and we go... Like, that's part of, like, a bonding thing we do now. Oh, she's great. 14, so she's, like, kind of, like, jaded a little bit. <laughs> but I'm like, this is a cool thing to do. Go hunt for albums that you want to play on your record. And so I think we'll go try to find Abbey Road. That's fun. I think that's great. That's what a beautiful thing you can do with your daughter too. Uh, I do appreciate that you have street gang fight knowledge of the Beatles. I think that's always, we all should have that. I can take on someone in like a rudimentary trivia, you know, pop, pop, pop. But I want to get deeper. Not to get even so deep and make this the longest outro in the world. But the Peter Gabriel thing is very interesting. Have you ever gone down the road of early Genesis? Oh, yeah, of course. Yes. Have you gone down early Genesis, though? That is some weird shit. Oh, it is. But I love it. I mean, that's what makes him a creative genius. You know what I mean? He evolved in a different way. That's another podcast I'll have to like. Could you do a Peter Gabriel (laughs) uh, fanatics episode? No. Okay. You love him, but you don't love him to that degree. No, no. I haven't done one. I would absolutely do. Well, one. I know you. I haven't love him done to one, that Claire. degree. I've been on every episode with you. I'm well, I know, but I don't know. I thought you were like <laughs> tripping for a second. We're talking about the Beatles and Peter Gabriel. It's not out of the question. Um, but but no, I absolutely. He wow. is like my number one person in the in t- like Michael Jordan, wow. Peter Gabriel. Wow. That's like kind of like my two that I just absolutely love. He's great. So. He's great. That album, yeah. so I mean, that's, no, he's more than great, David. He's a genius. He's a genius. No, no that album, so is, uh, you know, is it maybe one of the greatest albums of all time? Yeah, that's a good album. But Secret World Live, oh, the live recording, okay. Secret World, where he sings with Katie Lang and Sinead O'Connor, is beyond beyond. So, well, that's another episode. Anyway, we got to let you guys go. Do we go Google some Beatles? It's a Peter. All right, guys. Thanks for being with us today. We had an absolute pleasure with Noel and a pleasure with you guys. Please, five stars, like, subscribe, share, all the things. We appreciate it. And join us next Thursday, as always, for a brand new episode. Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. And coming up next week on Fanatics Lower Decks, we have Fred Tatashore. Yeah, that's right, Fred. You know him as Lieutenant Shanks in Star Trek Lower Decks, the show we've been talking about. Uh, he was also voiced so many characters, the Hulk, the Beast, Yosemite Sam, Soldier 76 from Overwatch. He's a legend. And he comes on to talk about his love of body surfing in the ocean and the ocean and water in general. It is an awesome episode with Fred Tatashore. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your Fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics. Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Kelsey Goldberg. 
Executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song. Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode. Noel lives in a yellow submarine. A yellow submarine. A yellow submarine. Noel lives in a yellow submarine. And we wish we did too. That's true.